0: sometimes the best stories in golf
1: aren't found on tour you'll find them at the back of the range and here's your host ben Adelberg. and once again welcome to the back of the range i am your host ben Adelberg. this is episode 239 well i'm finally back out on the road first tournament of 2022 for me Not going to lie, I was getting a little stir-crazy at home in South Florida, so I've made it all the way across the country. Probably the furthest the way I can get to see some college golf, but I'm just outside of Los Angeles at the Southwestern Invitational. This is Pepperdine's home tournament. It's at North Ranch Country Club. It's in perfect shape. Interesting course. It's going to require some accuracy off the tee. I think that Pepperdine is going to have a really big home course advantage. They play this course two, three times a week during the season. It's one of their home tracks. So when you're watching the live coverage on Golf Channel, yes, this is going to be televised on Golf Channel. Pay attention to how the waves navigate their way around the golf course. A lot of strong teams that are in this field. Wake Forest, Texas, Arizona State, Georgia. Also, lots of players making a final push this spring to move up in the PGA Tour U rankings. So, very important week, going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you're following on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Going to try and get some more interviews this week. I know I do a lot of photos and video, but going to try and get a little bit more interviews, a little more insight. So, if you want questions answered by anyone uh, in this field shoot me a DM on Instagram or send me an email, ben at thebackoftherange.com. Again, I'll be here all week, so let me know who you want me to go talk to. Before moving to this tournament, congrats to Geronimo Esteve. Just incredible. mid amateur gets a top 10 at the Latin America Amateur Championship. Eventual champion was Aaron Jarvis from the Cayman Islands. I actually met him at the Terracotta last year. He's a UNLV freshman He's going to go play in the Masters. The Razorbacks had a strong showing, as expected. Julian Perico, Segundo, Oliva Pinto, Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira, and Juan Vesca all had great finishes. Now, as I've said recently in previous episodes, just because I'm out on the road, I'm not going to leave you hanging. So, I have a special episode for you this week. So, I had Rachel Keane on the podcast back on episode 212. This was part of the series featuring all of the 2021 U.S. Curtis Cuppers, which I might add I will be completing very soon. And that's a good thing because the next Curtis Cup is just around the corner at Marion this June. Anyways, Rachel's episode was a lot of fun. Her story started when her parents put a club in her hands at an early age. And I guess when your mom is a two-time Curtis Cupper and Wake Forest Hall of Famer, excuse me, you might learn a thing or two along the way about competing at the highest level of amateur golf. That being said, Rachel's episode was a lot of fun. So you know that this episode with Rachel's mom is going to be just as good, and I'm sorry Rachel, but this one with all the incredible stories, it it just might be better. Oh, I'm getting myself in trouble here. I'm going to move on. Brenda Corey Keane is my guest on this episode. She's played in 16 U.S. Ams, nine U.S. Women's Opens, runner-up in the 95 U.S. Women's Mid-Am, Wake Forest Hall of Famer, two-time Curtis Cupper, but the stories and her approach as a golf mom of three kids, well, that's where the goods are in this episode. So let's get to this episode. Brenda, you're at the back of the range. How are you?
2: Thank you, Ben. Doing great. Great, beautiful day in Asheville with a lot of snow on the ground
1: well it's the same thing uh, here in South Florida except mm-hmm. the complete opposite it's about mm-hmm. 70 <laughs> just 60 the just the same except for the fact it's about 60 and no uh, no snow mm-hmm. and it's 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 great and and mm-hmm. maybe I'll hit a golf ball today so when's the last time you hit a golf ball
2: <laughs> was uh, was probably up in the attic into a mat into a net
1: do you really have that set up I do oh my <laughs> gosh I I mean, it, th- this is really early in the episode to go this way, but but would you consider yourself a golf dork? Is that, a, is that okay? To, <laughs> is that safe?
2: <clears throat> it's actually more I send the kids over there when I want you know want to get rid of them. Just go up in the attic and hit some balls, guys.
1: That's incredible. Need some quiet time. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I can totally see that, just having your own hitting bay. This, this is well before the time of golf simulators. You just fixed your, yourself up with one of them yourself.
2: Yeah, Santa Claus brought it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. The Keene household starting to figure this out. So, um you are uh, you know, this is this is a first here at the back of the range, but it's definitely not a first for you. I'm with your your daughter Rachel. Now we have the two boys we're going to talk about a little bit later, but with your daughter Rachel that's been a guest on the podcast already. Uh this is a first here. This is the first mother-daughter duo to be okay. guest on the back of the range how does it make you feel oh, take as dear. much time as you need collect your emotions <laughs> i know this is a special moment I, 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 but there's so many mother-daughter accolades that you guys have achieved uh, but this one has to be at least in the top 20 right
0: this is
2: top top of the list
1: oh my gosh. nothing
2: nothing comes close to this imagine that oh <clears throat> i have to top right from you know it's my only chance to be able to outdo her
1: Really, this is it. Yeah. This is this is well. This we're, is it. We're, all right. Well, I'm gonna straighten up in my chair and get the microphone plugged in securely, and we'll see what we can do for you here. That's right. So um, we we know about Rachel's career at Wake Forest. We uh, hear the the blips and the articles about her. Uh, um, you know, with the correlation between your career at Wake, but uh, you have the the pretty incredible amateur career yourself that definitely want to make sure we got you here as a guest and and discuss this and I love I love the start in the game and it's so funny because you know you and I are talking during the week of the Latin America Amateur Championship at Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic and Mm -hmm. uh, that's where you were born that's where you grew up.
2: Born and raised and it's still it's still home even though Asheville's been my home for 25 years the Dominican Republic is still home it still has a very big piece of my heart, and I don't go out there as often as I would like, especially for golf, but um, golf in the Republic are really, um, define me.
1: And your, your start in the game and just growing up there, I, you know, I don't, obviously, I mean, I've been to the Dominican Republic uh, once, but it really was what most, you know, golf nuts go there for. They go play some really great golf, and they go on vacation, but growing up in the dominican what what was your start in the game what was your introduction to golf there
2: okay well first of all the big republic when i was growing up is not anything at all in golf it's not anything at all like it is now i think we had a course in Santo domingo which is where i grew up we had uh casa de campo was the only resort there um and i will so so that was it it was not a touristy place it was not a place to go play golf um, but the start of the game is I, I owe it all to my father, my, and I have to I have to talk about him. I cannot talk about golf and not talk about my dad. Of course, my dad is the father of golf in the Dominican Republic. I mean, you can pretty much say it that way. He he was the one who who started, who um, promoted golf in the Dominican Republic. He he started the Dominican Golf Association. He got the Dominican Republic into the World Amateur um, Team Championships. I mean, he just promoted golf. In the island, he's he is not only in the Dominican Golf Hall of Fame, but he is in the country's um, they call it the Immortal uh, Athletic Hall of Fame. Wow. And so it's a, it's a it's the only golfer. He's it's a really big deal. So my dad just promoted the game of golf not only among our family but to everybody in the island. I mean, he he he's very loved and the most patient man I have ever imagined because to teach. My sister and I golf. He had to be very patient, so he introduced us to the game early on. I, I started playing, I think, when I was seven, um, and uh, I did a little bit of everything. I did some some tennis and some other, other sports, but basically, golf was it. And it was a way that we spent um, time together. And my most precious memories of my dad are still walking nine holes of golf. My sister and I and, and my dad. You know, at five o'clock in the afternoon, you'd walk, you'd talk. You'd talk a lot more than just golf. We talked about everything and we were very close. And I mean, those, I, I, I cherish those moments. I try to do it with my kids here. But that, that to me was, was, was golf was all about was hanging with my dad and, and, and just the lessons, the, the the moments and the lessons we had. So I I wanted to pass that on to my kids
0: because it was special.
1: Yeah. Your, your kids have had junior golf experiences here in the States. A lot of, you know, kids and guests that have had on the podcast, they have these really structured junior golf experiences where they're playing in tournaments or they're playing at their local club and they have junior programs, everything. There's, there's a blueprint that's kind of set up from, okay, here's the game, here's the introduction, and then here's how you kind of matriculate on. Did you have a similar experience? I'm guessing not, but just be, oh by the way. Oh, my gosh. Right. So how, how, I, how do you get to the point where, you know, and we'll, we'll kind of hit into it later with your career at Wake, but there has to be a starting point, which we've discussed. How does how do you progress to the point where, A, you find out you're pretty good, but also that you like competition when, I mean, was there much competition?
2: You are hitting all these things without even knowing how, deep, how, how much you've hit this on the nail. There was no junior golf programs in the Republic. There was nothing. There was no girls to play against. There was, I played with the guys. Growing up, they would not let me play with the boys' tournaments. I couldn't play with the men, so there was nothing for me to compete in down there, except, you know, I, I did, they had juniors, boys that I played with. Right. So my mom and dad would bring me up to the States to compete. I think I competed. I competed in the they had some AJGA tournaments back there. Believe it or not, I still I found my little old uh, uh, members' badge the other oh, day. Oh, Wow, that's great! House, I need
1: a, yes. I need a picture of that. I need. got
2: a I picture of somebody about that. But um, so I think we, I would I would come up to the states and play. We played in the juniors, maybe four or five tournaments a year, maybe. That was it. Wow. And uh, so we would fly up and play maybe two tournaments and fly back home, and then. Um, it, you know, it, it was – and that was all my dad that just said, you know, let's, we need to play in some tournaments. Um, but there was nothing for me to compete in. So um, somehow um, – somehow, I mean, I don't know how I was – I was really not noticed by coaches because the, the recruiting back then was not was not what it is now. Right. But I know my dad was educated in the States, and he said, you know, I really would like for you guys to go to school in the States <clears> – <throat> And if you can play golf at a school, that would be a bonus. Wow. You would just enjoy the experience that much more. So, um, you know, we started looking at schools and we just, the process of schools was, was very different. I mean, I said, yeah, don't want to go north. It's too cold. Don't want to go to Florida. It's too much like home. It'd be, I think we played the north and south juniors or something like that. Sure. And okay. I said, no, the, the Carolina seems to be a place where you have all different weather which would be nice to experience different weather. And I said, yeah, you know, small school would be nice because I don't think I want a big school. And, oh, oh, well, well, there's two choices. There's Wake Forest and there's Duke. And that was, I mean, that was all I looked at. And so I remember he, he, mom and dad bought me for a tour and I went to look at at Duke. And I got to tell you that the, the stars were not aligned there. I mean, our car broke down. <laughs> the, the, the weather must have been 110 degrees. Um, the interview process did not particularly go well. Um, and then I, I went awake and I had somehow talked to the coach at, at one of the US juniors or something. And I went awake and it was a total different experience. I right. mean, everything was perfect. And I remember this is something very silly, but remember, I come from the public There's no schools like they have. I mean, the colleges are just like a, a, a community college type buildings. There's no campus. There's nothing like that. And I remember I walked into Wake Campus and I just, I fell in love with it. And I walked into the gym. The gym at the time was just a little gym for a little school. It's what it is now. I went, oh my God, this is wonderful. This is so, you know, and I fell in love with the school and, and that's all she wrote.
1: And, and were you looking – you know, most kids now, they're looking at the schools of they're, – they're looking at the golf facility, and they're they're looking at the schedule, and, <laughs> and it's all about golf, and then, oh, yeah, I actually need to learn something and get a piece of paper at the end. Were you looking at in the, the, the vein of, like, hey, where can I get better – where can my golf game improve, or were you just looking at I, I want to get an education? Do you remember what the priority was at I, the time?
2: I do. I do remember vividly because – uh, remember, I came from a place that was no, there was no team, there was no competition, there's no anything. Right. So I wanted, I want I knew I was going to be a business major. So I wanted a, a good academic school. That was a, that was a first. So the academics was important. And as far as golf, I just wanted a place that I could actually play. Right. That I could play and just see how I compare to everybody else. That's all I wanted. I just wanted a, an opportunity to play on a team. And, and you know and, and see really where was I on the on on the scale
1: that's so wild that even at that time I mean you're coming in as a freshman and you still truthfully I mean what you're saying you really had no clue how good you were I mean other than four times a year playing in a term but it's hard to get a barometer off of just four tournaments Correct. a year you don't you have no idea like you could have no idea so they they're kind of taking a chance on you you're kind of taking a chance on on wake so it's right. just yeah.
2: Right, right. And, you know, you talk about facilities. <laughs> so uh, we had no facilities. We, we played at Old Town, which was a very nice course. They let us practice there a little bit, but the you know, range at Old Town is very small. We would go to the soccer field, and we would bring our own shag bags, and we would hit in the soccer field. You couldn't drive us. You just could hit, you know, maybe 150 yards, and you would pick him up and, and, and do that. So that was our practice facility at the time. And I, I do remember, this is the funny, you know, Caribbean, our weather is 85 degrees all year round. Right. I'm not a cold weather person. And I remember one afternoon, you know, I, I did not do well with uh, with those those dreary, just rainy days that just la- last all day. In the right. public, it rains for an hour, it pours down for rain for an hour. Of course. Sun comes back in, you go back out. So I never play in the rain. I play in the wind, but I never play in the rain. So here I got North Carolina, it was gray all day, and you'd have a drizzle. I'm like, oh, this is miserable. I'm not playing in this. I remember coach coming to, to my dorm and knocking on the door and saying, we're going to practice. I'm like, I'm not going in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like 50 degrees and, rain, and raining. We're going to practice. I'm like, you're crazy. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, had I, had I grown up in a place that was cold, I'd probably be a bowler or something. There's no way I would be outside <laughs> playing golf in the cold.
1: You know, you are not, by the way, the only person on this, during in this episode that has practiced uh, on, on soccer fields. So um, just, <laughs> just so you know, I have done that uh, back, yeah. back at uh, St. Thomas University in Miami. Uh, we, we did that several, uh, you know, shout out to my, my former coach, David Pizzino, who's at Connecticut now. Well, I uh-huh. had plenty of uh, plenty yeah. of eight AM practices hitting. Uh, oh man, that was terrible. But yeah,
2: I mean nowadays, I think the soccer the soccer players would not be happy no. taking all those divots out the grass. But and, 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 you know, and, and that's part of the thing that I tell Rachel. And I go back and I see my God, and I go back to Wake, and I am just so <laughs> I'm proud of. I well, first of all, I'm proud to be part of something like that. I'm thinking, but this is a whole different place. I oh, I, I, yeah. need a, I need to I need to redo. I need to go back. I need to go back and try this again. Have these facilities and have these. It's amazing what what just not Wake, but you know a lot of a lot of college players in general have today. It's a different game. It's a different. It's a different exposure. It's a different uh, experience altogether.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, with the the big time programs now, uh, they all play great schedules. I mean, there's there's great tournaments all over the country and they all the competition is there it almost feels like now the race of recruiting is who has the best facility and mm-hmm. a, a, it seems like that's a an area where they can really grab a a, a player and say hey we have this state-of-the-art facility not just track vans and putting labs and but it seems like that could be the the race where you know, even a school in and that doesn't get the best weather, like Wake, or or you know, I know Illinois has a, a phenomenal facility. Mm-hmm. That's where I think a lot of these programs are competing now.
2: Well, you hear a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches say, "If I can just get them to campus,
1: right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: If I can just get them to campus and have them look at the facilities and look in the and look at the at the just at the campus in general." And I will tell you, I fell in love with Wake Forest campus had no no golf facilities but to me the campus was was I'd never been to a college that pretty. Yeah. And I just I fell in love I fell in love with the school. So I think I think there's something to be said for that. Nowadays like you say they are looking at the golf facilities. It's it's a whole different mindset. Yeah. It's a different mindset.
1: So you have this uh you have this great career at Wake um really great senior season, 86 All American, ACC champion and and this is it's you know this is around the time of it uh, looks like Danielle Macapane was, was coming in as a hot freshman and sophomore, Dottie Pepper and yep. Kay Cockrell, and yep. and just this, this great time in the 80s. And, and I'm guessing the college experience was even, not just academically, but athletically, everything you could have uh, dreamed for. I mean, I know you love the campus, but the competition. What struck you during your college days of... Okay, I'm good. I'm an All American, but man, there's a lot of good players out there. Because this is really the first, I'm guessing these two or th- two, three years, this is really your first introduction to, okay, this is the whole world that's out there.
2: Yes. Now, I had played, you know, I, had pl- I played like in, I think, six U.S. junior girls. So I did, you know, I was friends with Harry Farr um, and Danielle. I mean, we, we had played in some of those events, but I was always kind of a little outsider. Because okay. I was never at the other juniors, so I'd just come to once a year and play.
0: Right. So
2: then going through college, then you would see, you know, I'd see Dottie and, and the Furman team all the time, and, um, you know, not so much the Arizona schools, but, but we were all in the same, you know, in the, in the same boat, all playing together. You know, NCAA, like NCAA, my team never made it to So my situation was a little bit different because they were playing at teams that were strong, deep teams. So our team... Was like I, I made it as an individual, but it's very different to go to NCAA as an individual than go with your team. Yeah. So the NCAA experience was not was not great for me. I will I will say I, I wish we had, you know, what Wake has now. We had some great girls. I mean, my my teammates were just awesome. We got along great. I mean, we're still good friends, and um, but we were not the powerhouse that they are now. Um, But it was interesting because at at that point I realized, you know, I I can compete with these girls and I'm, I'm okay. Um, unfortunately my, my career at Wake, this is a little insight that a lot of people don't know, (laughs) got cut short by a year. Um, so I was only there for three years. I was, I, I played my senior, I, I found out the spring semester of my senior year that that was my last year, that I did not have a fourth year eligibility. So that was a, a rude awakening for me.
1: And that's because um, you started at a community college in the DR yeah. and it chipped away at your eligibility.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I, I I graduated at 16. My mother said, you're not over my dead body. Are you going to the United States at 16 years old? You can't go till you're 18. So I said, well, what am I going to do for two years? So I just enrolled in the in a, like a night community college just to kill time, just to uh, kind of advance. Yep. And that triggered the, the, the NCAA. So, so I found out spring semester senior year, um, I'd already planned, so I couldn't graduate till December because I spread my classes. And at that point, I had, I will tell you, Ben, when I went to Wake, I had zero interest in trying to turn professional. Zero. Okay. I was there just to get my education. I was there to see how, you know, how I could compete in golf. Do I enjoy the game and see how good I could be? But I was surrounded by people like Billy Andre, Len Matisse, Jerry Haas. Yeah. Who had a whole different mindset to the game. And I was good friends with them. And, and basically they kind of put the little seed in my mind and planted the season, and said, you, you got to try it. You got to try it. Interesting. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's for me. You got to try it. And, I, you know, I, I talked to dad. I know, I know my dad deep in his heart was a little bit disappointed because I think he, he, professional golf was not anything that he wished for me, but I think, but he supported me. He said, you have got to try it. This is it. He says, "I don't think you're going to enjoy it, but give it a try." So um, that's okay. kind of the whole thing of of, of trying, you know, trying to, to turn pro um, started. And I gave it a, a two year go. I did okay. I mean, I, I I got the finals of the at the Q school twice. Right. Missed it by like a shot. Like, okay, I'm done. That's uh, enough.
1: Okay. So all right. So that's interesting. So you you came from basically. Going to Wake just to get the education, you, you enjoy the college experience, you get your education, and really, professional aspirations weren't there. <laughs> Got them from, from the men's team. Now, you yeah. you won. I know you did win, I think, your first pro tournament, and you, you like you said, you, you're right there on the cusp of getting through Q school your dad didn't think you were going to like it. What didn't you like about it? I mean, was, was he ultimately right? Or did you not like it for other reasons? You know, what was your experience there at the end you of know, two years?
2: You know, I, and I, I will tell you, I think it, it's a hard life. Okay. I think it's a hard life. I think the, the traveling is hard. I think the playing for money was hard for me. I played, I played because I like to compete. Right. And so I also did not, I also find that when you when you play for money, I think the camaraderie among your peers changes a little bit. At least back again, that was my experience back right. then. And we're, we're talking you're playing for whatever a thousand dollars. You know, you weren't
1: playing. Yeah, you guys weren't. Yeah, there wasn't. You know, millions on the line. You're just you're just trying to get your feet wet, get started, and maybe get yourself on tour.
2: Correct, correct. It was a futures tour at the time. Yeah, which is I guess now metro. So I I, I uh. The traveling was hard. The, I had a good group of friends that I that we kind of traveled together. Three or four of us traveled together, and they were that was nice. Um, I just I just did not enjoy that much. Just it was different. It was different. I I I like competing. Um, it was I don't want to say the word cutthroat, but I felt like, you know, I'm used to playing golf, and I, I want to beat you, but you know, I'm going to appreciate a good shot that you hit. And I'm gonna say good shot and I think a lot of that was missed sometimes out there where you felt like geez you, you know you can at least say good shot if I had a good shot right <laughs> you know?
1: exactly well it uh, it's, it's yeah well I imagine at that point you're you you have no status you have no no nothing I mean you have to perform to get to the next level so you can actually make yeah. a living and yeah mm-hmm. I could see how that just changes the entire dynamic of look I I, I you know it's hard to root for your playing partner, when that's the person that may be taking your job, for right, whether it's right or wrong, I, I can kind of see right. how the, the attitude right. just changes.
2: Correct. It was it was a different attitude, and again, the, the traveling was hard. You know, you you're you're traveling by car all over the place. you were staying at you know these dinky motels with you know three other girls or two other girls. You know, it was it was it was a difficult life, and and mm. again, I was living in the Republic at the time, so I would fly up and play about five or six tournaments in a row out of one suitcase, you know, a rental car, basically living out of one suitcase, because that's all I could fly up with was a set of clubs and a suitcase.
0: Right.
2: Um, and go back to the Republic for three or four weeks and then fly back up again. So it was really a, a hard life. And to be honest with you, Ben, that is not the life that I was hope that I was looking forward to, the, to doing a career out of it. I really was never looking to be a career. I was looking to see... How, again, how I could compare. How, where was I? That mm-hmm. was my goal was to see, you know, where am I with these girls? How, you know, can I make it? Can I not make it? And then I would, you know, I'd do the Lorino show. I'd be done. I had no intention of really making a career because I knew that lifestyle was not, that the traveling lifestyle out of a suitcase was not for me. But I did want to know where I stood.
1: Right, right. Well, you obviously, I mean, we'll talk about your your amateur career. Now you get your status back. Uh, you know, a couple of years after your professional career. Uh, you know, after you, that comes to a close, and there's just so many. You mentioned the the U.S. Juniors and the Women's AMs and the Open. You played in nine U.S. Women's Opens, but I I didn't want to uh, move past Wake uh, right away because I mean you said that the men's team kind of influenced you to um, you know give the professional uh, route a try. Did you um, have any um, uh, connections to the Wake Forest men's baseball team?
2: Uh, well, you know, I had a couple friends that there was, a, I was in the business school, but not, not much beyond that for baseball. Not much beyond that. You know, it's funny, I had a, there, was a, there was a member here at our club, older member, and he was part, he was a shortstop for Wake Forest, I think, when they won the national championship or the, the College World Series. And that was really my connection then, the baseball team for Wake. But I did not have, back then I knew I had a couple of friends, but but not that many.
1: Okay, I guess I missed the, missed, I'm messing something up. Oh, I, you're
2: talking about Eric. Yeah, okay. Talking, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's try that again.
1: No, we're gonna we're gonna leave this in right away. We're not editing this out at all. This is fantastic. <laughs> I gave you I gave you the perfect segue oh, into you where you okay. meet your husband and Okay. That, uh, so I'm gonna
2: set this record straight now and forever, <laughs> and do him this favor. Okay? Okay, okay. You know the fish story, how it gets how how big the fish kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and yes. bigger. Okay. So Eric played baseball like one semester at Wake Forest. Oh,
1: okay. So okay. The, okay.
2: And right. the story has gotten bigger. And every time somebody says something about him in baseball, he just goes, can somebody please set the record straight? I don't know how this has gotten out of proportion." Okay. So I did not know Eric when he played baseball. Okay. I met him the second year. So I, 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 believe it or not, I knew nothing about the baseball. The baseball. But the the story's got pretty soon he's going to be just an all American baseball player at Wake Forest.
1: Okay, so thank you for clearing that up because I like you <laughs> will to... be
2: the first person to actually know that because everybody goes, he played baseball in Wake, and he's like, Rachel, why did you have to say I played baseball in Wake? Now the story is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it needs to stop.
1: Okay, we are going to clean so. it up and clarify things. Your husband, Eric Keene, is not an athlete. It is not. Oh, he is an athlete. No, I, no, I'm no. Just Did not I'm say just that. Kidding.
2: That is so not true I'm either. I'm Just
1: kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh all my right. God, he
2: would buy that
1: one. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> this is so funny because I have well, like I'm. I'd like to think I'm pretty well prepared for these episodes. I'm like, all
2: right. Well, nobody knew. You You would not have caught it. Nobody knew. Okay. So.
1: All right, so we'll so we'll gotcha. That's clarified. One semester That's of the inside
2: that's the inside scoop in this family, by the way. You
1: just got it. Okay, perfect. All right. Back on track, kind of understand where we're going now. Um, but you so obviously you guys meet at Wake and you have uh, you know, three kids. Corey is the oldest, Rachel is the is the middle, and Taylor is the youngest. And at this point, now when did you kind of get your amateur status back? And start competing again because this is kind of we're, we're on uncharted territory here at the back of the range because a lot of the, <laughs> the mid-ams I speak with, for the most part, are men. There have been a couple ladies that are mid-ams, and you know, Ina, Kim, Megan, Stasi, but I think this is the first conversation around, uh, you know, okay, balancing golf, balancing career, balancing the kids, but also y- you want to compete and play. When did you first start kind of, what's the timeline of you getting back into the game and playing competitively?
2: Okay. So when I, when I, I'll, I'll go back. So when I, when I said, you know, this professional thing is not for me. Right. I had, I had made, I had agreed with dad that I would go back to graduate school. So I went back to graduate school. I went up to Boston of all places. Cold as, oh my gosh, it's so cold up there. <laughs> I was so cold for two years. I got my amateur status back, came back, got married, Living in North Carolina, I started a business that I was running out of, out of, uh, out of my house. I was an export business to the Dominican Republic. So I was, I was working on that, but I really missed, actually we living in Florida at the time, I really missed golf and I missed competing. So I got my amateur status back and I, I just started playing again. I just played in Florida when I was down there. Um, no kids yet. And, you know, all of a sudden, I'm enjoying the game again. I'm enjoying playing. I'm enjoying competing right. in Florida. Um, you know, play all the. Florida has a, a very strong golf association. Mm-hmm. So, uh, play their tournaments, play the Southern, play the East. I was trying to play. I was able to play and travel. Um, and, you know, I, I started playing mid-AM tournaments. And I will tell you, to me, of all of the mid-AM tournaments, the U.S. mid-AM is the most fun of of almost all their tournaments. I mean, I'm not going to say playing the U.S. Open is not fun. Don't get me wrong; or playing the Curtis Cup is not fun. Sure. But the mid-am, there's something special about the mid-am because the mid-am are people that really are true amateurs. They really right. enjoy the. G- they want to play the game. They want to compete, um, and play. So I was. That was one of my favorite. I try. I try to qualify for those at any chance that I have. You know. And then you. And then you got. You know, you got players, I mean, Ellen Port for crying out loud doesn't get better than Ellen Port, you know, playing mid amps. So you had really good competition staring oh, yeah. them. Oh, you know? Yeah. In the in, in the mid amps. So, um that was that was a lot of fun. So then I, I I get pregnant with Corey. Um I am gosh, you're taking me back, good Lordy, 20-some years. Um, and I still I'm I'm trying to play. I play while I'm pregnant. I play with him all the way when I'm pregnant. Um, I can still compete. So I have him, you know, with one child, I'm still able to compete, but now he is, you know, he's three or four and now school is starting for him.
1: Right.
2: And then I get pregnant with Rachel. So it, it got to the point where it was too much. I still had a business running at home. I had one, a, a, one child that I had to have in school. I was not going to just take him out of the little, you know, pre k or kindergarten and travel with me. Um, and I was pregnant with Rachel, so I think uh, that that kind of that U.S. Open, where right before Rachel was born, that was pretty much it for me, as far as trying to really keep up keep up my competitive game. After I had the second child, I could not. It was it was too much. I had one in school, I had one at home. I still played, you know, but but it was different. I couldn't I couldn't compete. I played. I competed every now and then, and I think in order to to be competitive, you have to compete often right you can't play one tournament a
1: year of course of course
2: so yeah
1: <clears throat> so 2001 that u.s open we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit so so i mean you're but you're amateur so really we're talking maybe a span of a maybe a little bit over a decade i mean i'm just doing the math here 86 yep. was that senior season at wake so let's say a couple years with your masters 87 87 okay so Corey was born in 97 oh, 97 Rachel, I'm sorry okay 97 sorry so yeah so so yeah so it's really I mean these accomplishments really just a little over a decade I mean 16 US women's amateurs and nine women's opens and <laughs> and, and, and 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 then you know you throw in the two Curtis cups so you really squeezed in an inc- incredible stretch of play and, a, and two um you know women's world amateur the Spirit of Santo trophy so those are that's I mean I think you have about 45 USG appearances. Does that sound about right?
2: <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay.
1: Somewhere in there. That's uh that's a pretty It, it was it,
2: it was fun. And every and I got to tell you every single one of them was special. Some of them of course you played better than others, but but just being to me being at a USGA event is, is special any of them.
1: How many how many tournaments a year were you playing in that stretch? I mean, this is a decade of really I mean, so, I'm, just, I'm just guessing you are just putting the the pedal of so me metal.
0: Think,
2: so, yeah, it's even worse because I graduated in 80, December of 86. I played pro till 88. Yeah. So, it really was between 90, I got married in, 90, uh, in 91 was when I got my amateur status back, I think.
1: So, so yeah, 91 to 2001, just about.
2: Yes. So, wow. I was probably playing, you know, I was, remember, as an amateur, you don't have any collegiate tournaments playing. Not, yeah,
1: so that's I was, the other thing. But,
2: right. So, I was playing in those winter tournaments in January. You know, probably playing two of those in January. I was playing then the the Southern, the Eastern, the Western, the Trans, um, the Amateurs, the Mid Am. So I don't know,
1: maybe ten Six or seven. Like yeah,
2: yeah,
1: that's yeah. incredible. That is yeah. absolutely. It was fun. Yeah, I I could and you know, you make two Curtis Cup teams and as a Mid Am, that's you know that, that's an incredible achievement because like I said, you don't have these college tournaments to play in. Um,
0: Man, uh, th- but
2: you know, Ben, I gotta tell you, if I if you look at my both my teams in '96 and '98, back then the teams were were formed mainly of mid-amps. Yeah, yeah. And you have a few college players, you know, Janice Surporn, Kelly Kelly Booth, Kelly Keeney. right? Christy Kerr was a junior, my first one. She was she was I think fifteen. Um, but the but the majority of them were were mid-amps at the time. That 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 tells you how much the game has changed.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, now it's can we Mm -hmm. get a mid-am onto a team just as, you know, uh, I remember in for even for Walker Cup back in 2015, they're like, we're going to save two spots for mid-ams. And and I think now it's actually pivoting back towards just all the college kids, at least, I mean, you know, you you saw the last year's Curtis Cup team that Rachel was on. I mean, it's all college kids.
2: It's all college kids. And and Rachel and I have had a conversation about it. She says, Mom, you know, it's, it's very different. It's all college kids you know, I said, yeah. And, 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 I don't, you know, it's just, it's hard to compete against the the college uh, kids. It really is. Yeah. There, there's, they're, they're, they have so much going for them with the practices, the formal practices, the facilities, whole thing that it, it's hard for mid-am to keep up with that.
1: Yeah. Now you mentioned, you mentioned 2001 U.S. Open, which I'm sure that at the time, <laughs> you being eight months pregnant with Rachel, you're going out there to compete. You're not thinking that these pictures are going to be around forever and ever, whenever. Rachel, I mean, I said to Rachel, I said, you do realize that anytime you're playing in a USGA event, you know, somebody in the, in the golf channel truck or somebody's like, Hey, go get that picture of uh, of her mom up there. We can, you know, burn 20 seconds of, uh, of, of time here. Oh, filler. Yeah. Now, uh, You know, a lot of my listeners like to glean tips and tricks from some of the best amateurs in the game that are here as guests at the back of the range that, you know, we try and take advantage of expertise. So, you know, some of my listeners are are probably going to get married and have kids at some point, as fully functioning adults tend to do. Now, if one of my female listeners finds herself playing in a major championship while eight eight months pregnant, (laughs) what advice can you share From your experience, because this is a hot topic. A lot of women that are eight months pregnant need to know how to get up and down out of bunkers, how to, you know, carve courses apart. How do do you do that? I mean, let's... No. No.
2: Yeah. Tip number one. Uh. (laughs) Tip number one. Before you go out on the course, Uh you find out where all the bathrooms are
1: located. (laughs)
2: Oh, That is... And, and, you could not go out there and say, oh, there's no bathrooms in the front side. That's tip number
1: one. And bef- not to cut you off before we get to tip number two, but I think I found something really interesting about this. Confirm this for me. Did oh, the God. USGA actually put another lady that was pregnant in your group during that US Open?
2: Oh, yes. She was four months pregnant. She was four months pregnant. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Not one. But two out of the
1: three. I swear, were, to, I swear were, to God pregnant, yeah. The USGA, the everyone thinks the USGA is all stuffy. There are people there. Uh, that's that the are, humor. Exactly. Okay.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was funny. Yeah, um, but I, 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 I looked, I looked, I looked like a balloon. I'm like, how do you look so good at four months, four and a half months? <laughs> I mean, I am like a, you know. And back then, back then, I gotta tell you, Ben. Somebody showed me some pictures. I'm like, "Oh my God! Why would I wear horizontal stripes when you're so pregnant?" <laughs> Back then, the the clothes, maternity clothes, was not what we have today. So I remember, my husband wears an XXL shirt, and that's what I had on. Oh my God, that's I, like, right. One of his shirts that was big, and like, and and, and I saw a picture. I, I didn't think I was that big. I truly, you know, because when you're pregnant, you just kind of grow a little bit every day, and you yeah. swing, you know, you swing really just adapts every day because it's slowly you get bigger slowly so you just go changing you can't really put your hips into it you just have to swing your arms but um you know I, I i felt okay i didn't think i was that big and then somebody showed me a picture where i was using my my stomach as a table to write the score on my scorecard. <laughs> no. oh my god i was big i was really big so yes, it was at the time I didn't think anything of it, but going back,
1: I it, well, you know, it, you know the other thing. Bit. You know the other thing that really didn't help is that again, think back and people listening there, there that are old enough to to know this. <laughs> this is the mid 90s. This is the time of the baggy shirts and the baggy. Oh shir- yeah. This is the Ashworth. I look awful. Well, it's not. It's I'm trying to take some of the some of the blame off of you. <laughs> Because this is not the time of form fitting clothes. Go look at what Tiger Woods and Ernie Ells and Freddie Couples yeah. are wearing in the late nineties. The fashion is to wear the baggy clothes. And yeah. it's just not helping you at all at this Thank point. Thank you, Ben. See? You,
2: I owe you one. Thank you. Well for clarifying that. And
1: it's also funny because I went back and I looked at your pictures from the ninety six or ninety-eight. I'm not I can't remember off the top of my head, but there, your your Curtis Cup pictures are there, and oh, what's funny is thing. it's the, it almost looks like you're wearing the same shirt. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. It was
2: it was the, it was very baggy. Uh, yeah. I look back and I'm like, oh my, fashion was not there.
1: No, the fashion that, that was not helping the situation. That, well, I'm glad you. Okay, so tip number one is let's scout the bathrooms. <laughs> let's get back to tip number two because I'm fascinated.
2: Uh, you know, I I will tell you seriously. I, I, my swing did not change. I mean, it changed just because it was gradual. What I, the problem was that you really could not swing your hips because okay. the weight, you know, the weight just would take you out there. So you end up just kind of you have to you have to you know bend up over the ball a lot more, mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to swing your arms because you can't put a lot of lower body into it. The hard part, I will tell you. The hard part is after you deliver and you go back on the golf course, you try to swing. That's really hard, much harder. Because you, 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 I mean, you look like a like a baby giraffe coming out. Arms are one place, legs are the other place. It, it, it is not. That's harder. But but playing while you're pregnant is just a. I mean, unless you don't, don't play, but once every four months. But if you play all the time, it just gra- You swing it's just gradually. A gradual, okay.
1: Yeah. So, so let's talk about, I'm glad we got into that because I know that the picture's out there, but I just had, and I, oh gosh, yeah, well, I just wanted I'm to afraid what you're going to
2: come up with now.
1: Oh no, 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 no. This is good. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you, we're going to talk about your kids. So I know this is your, one of your ah, favorite yeah. topic. See, we're, we're, that is my favorite topic. See, we, we get, see, we just balance it out, go one direction, get that and now, put <laughs> it back. So during Rachel's episode, uh, we spoke a lot about the competitive dynamic between the kids and. So Corey's the oldest, he played college golf at Rhodes College, you know, Rachel's in the middle, Taylor's your youngest, he's still playing junior golf in North Carolina up in Asheville, and I wanted to ask, so clearly it is a competitive household, um, you know, whether it's golf, it's Monopoly, it's (laughs) ping pong, it's whatever you want to call it, it's a competitive household, so how... Now, I'm sure that all three kids are wired differently. All three kids are competitive. They want to do their best. As a mother that also has a competitive streak and background and achievements, how, did you, how do you balance maybe the messages to each kid with their athletics? Because, you know, one message doesn't fit all three. So how do you kind of right. balance and what did you learn about being a mother of competitive kids, also as a competitive athlete yourself.
2: Well, funny because my husband is just probably the worst of them all. I mean, so it gets even worse. That's surprising.
1: All... That's surprising coming from an all-American baseball when... player at Wake Forest. <laughs> Not
2: from a non-athlete, all-American oh, but... baseball player, yes. Uh, so, so there is. That's I mean, my husband Eric. My relationship was always based on competitiveness to begin with. Right and trash and trash talking. Oh, here we go. Okay, so that has been since the get go since since back in the back in the eighties. So my kids really had no chance growing up, no chance of of not being competitive or not being not being tough. I mean, that's it. So I, I will tell you one quick funny story, and you can put that or not. But when I had Corey was about literally about two years old, or you know, little. And we had those little, you know, those little, those little basketball goals you put yeah. in the house. Those yeah. goals. Okay. So we had a friend come over with her little boy that were the same age. So Corey is shooting, is shooting baskets in the little thing, and he would make it and go yay and yay, and then he would miss one and would go boo. And my friend goes, "Did you just boo your char- your child?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, it was a bad shot." She goes, "You booed your child?" How dare you? I'm like, well. Well, how yeah? How do you differentiate the good and the bad? So yes, we blew my child. So that's been that's been kind of the the setting at my house. Um, it, so the, the first thing is that that we we made sure that all three kids were tough and they could tolerate the sarcasm and the and the egging on and the and the you know just putting up with somebody kind of go oh you know well you stink at that. But that you know in in a funny in a right. in a funny way in a in a competitive you know just a almost motivated way, but there's always, there's always trash talk going among the three. Um, I told all three of them, I said, you know, if you ever bring a, a girlfriend or boyfriend home, they better be able to deal with this because this is how it, we function in our house. <laughs> I think they're scared to bring somebody home that does not fit in. I,
1: I, I love where this episode's going because I know exactly <laughs> how we're going to end it, but you go, you keep going. I just love the <laughs> groundwork you're laying right here for me.
2: So anyway, so all three, but like you said, all three are different, you know, some of them, what motivates them is they want to win so badly that they they do anything to, for a win. Some of them just they they can't stand losing, so that's their motivator. And so, you know, you kind of you kind of push and and prod each one of them, you know, where you think you they can they can best achieve what they what they you know what, what they can what they, what they can achieve. Right. Um, you know, for example, Rachel, you, you, Rachel, you can't tell her. If she misses a shot, this is our joke. If she misses a shot and you say, That's okay. Oh God, you better you might as well have said, you know, the devil's in the house. I mean, you cannot tell her that's okay. That does not work for her. Interesting. For my other two. For my other two, I'm like, come on, that's okay. You got this, and, you know, you missed that one, that's okay. Don't worry about it. So she
1: that does, works fine. so she doesn't want the pat on the on the butt saying no. okay, no, no.
2: No. She <laughs> better off saying, you know, that sucks and then she'll go yeah it did okay
1: wow okay interesting yeah that's interesting
2: yeah the pound she does not need the pound the back so each one you kind of have to you just learn what you have to um you know with, e- with each one just what what works there are different
1: that's interesting Asheville, um the, the high school didn't have a golf team so no so they so Corey, rachel they they didn't play high school golf and and Taylor, unless he goes to a different school, he's not going to have that either. So it's just a lot of junior golf and a lot of uh, invitationals and and getting thrust in that competitive environment at an early age. Um, I, I love, I just love the story that that Rachel shared, and I think it's fun just because I'm, I want to hear your side of it. I, I thought it was hysterical how you know Rachel said that she sent you and and. And her dad down and said, I'm not going to wake. I mean, I know oh, this, yeah. just just like not happening. And then of course, she gets to go on a visit at some point, and much like you, falls in love with the campus and the rest is history. But being I have a different version. Oh, well then hey, <laughs> the the floor is yours. I'd love to hear this version. <laughs> and, and and there's your version, there's her version, and then there's the truth. So let's yes. hear let's hear so your version. Between.
2: It'll, it'll be somewhere in between because she hates my version. Oh, well but then she has, I'm going to
1: love this version.
2: But but she has, she has, she's part right. She did sit, she did sit down and says, you know, I don't want to go to Wake. Wake was your school. Wake was your school. It was your place. I want to make my own place. And I said, great. That's absolutely fine. Let's go look at schools. So we toured. We, we went to look at a bunch of schools all over the place. She wanted, you know, she had her parameters. We looked at all schools and it was hard because wake started looking at her you know kevin diaz was assistant coach at the time right. and diane and they started looking at her and I, i'm friends with the, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle you know oh, i'm like yeah. i'm in the, i'm in the middle because i know what one child's staying over here i don't want to tell him that she doesn't want to go there and i don't want to be i don't want to tell him I was, I was in the middle it was not a good place to be so um she she's she has gone to visit she comes kind of down to four to three schools and Kevin called and said, But I, I talked to Kevin, I said, Kevin, I said, here's the situation. I understand. She does she wants her own place. And he understood. He was very he said, Brenda, I get it. Yeah. But it's a different place now. I said, You and I know that. But a, you know, fifteen year old does not know that in her mind because the only person that she competed with in Nashville was me. And she associated Wake Forest with Eric and I. I mean, that was the only, she, she, she thought that I was Arnold Palmer for Wake Forest in her mind. Right. You know? I mean, she thought that that was it. So Kevin, Kevin said, can you at least get her to come visit the campus? And I said, we need to do that. So I talked to her. I said, listen, just like that. I said, you know, you're not going there. I know you're not going there, but just, you know, to be, to be polite, right. go visit. I mean, she's been to campus a zillion times at a basketball game, or a football game, but not an official golf visit. Fine. I will go. <laughs> so I sent her with Eric. You know, I did, Strategically, I did not go. I sent her with Eric. You know, Love it. And, they spend the, and they spend the day, and I'm texting them like, how's it going? How's it going? Crickets. Nobody's answering me. Nothing. So at about 5 o'clock, they're coming back in the car, and she calls me, and she says, Hey, I said, how was it? He goes, Mom, I loved it. It was great. I love the campus. I love the girls. I love the coach. Blah, 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 blah. She loves the whole place. You know, meanwhile, my, heart, my heart's pounding. You're past
1: just, the back. You're just you know, like, I can't believe this and is I, But I'm
2: trying to keep it really cool. Yeah, you're I said, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I said, Really? That's great. And I can't wait to ask a question. I said, So, Rachel, what about the, the me thing and you feeling that you're in my shoes, uh-huh. whole thing? Are you okay with that? She goes, Oh, Mom. She says, nobody there knows who you are. It's great. And I, said, I said, okay, good. I'm cool. That's great. But then, you know, she's put the little knife in, but now she's going to turn it a little bit. No way. And she says, besides, Mom, you were there 30 years ago, and your scores back then were so much higher than what we're shooting now. Oh, my god. And I said, put your father back on the phone. I said, you know, a little respect would be nice. But anyway, that's my version. So the real version is probably somewhere in between yeah. her story and my story. Your, your kid's but, a uh,
1: badass. Oh, my
2: God. That's right. Mean old, mean old. But you know what? It has been, I, we, we've talked about it, we've laughed about it, and it didn't take her long to make, I mean, when she played that Annika, one the first Annika, she goes, yeah. it's my place, Mom. Oh, my God.
1: Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how, when they, when they travel on these road tournaments, I mean, I know she has to bring her clubs and a big suitcase of <laughs> clothes, but where does she fit the ego with all that luggage? Just, I,
2: I don't know where it fits. Oh I my, don't know I where mean, it fits. Just, that's
1: got to be an extra baggage fee for something. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, but I,
2: I do tell her, you know, when she comes home, I said, let me remind you, there's a pecking order in this, hand, this house, and I'm still the
1: queen that's oh my gosh i gotta get a ticket to this this is incredible well you know probably the reason that they didn't know you at wake when she was on her visit because they had a lot of room dedicated to um you know baseball all-american eric keen that's, pro- <laughs> that's probably what it was um so, oh my god yeah so, oh. so um it still continues it, well we're just getting at least it's to the end of the episode we're going to keep running with that as much as possible so so um I definitely want to talk a little bit about this recent um, Curtis cup. So, you know, you're obviously you're on cloud nine because Rachel is continuing at wake and just the the correlations between your two careers. I mean, you're a a former medalist at the, or two time, I believe former medalist at the U S women's amateur this summer, Rachel becomes a medalist. So there's that you share together, Um, you know, and now it's, Uh, There's a lot of other tournaments. I I believe, Um, you know, this is the second mother daughter pairing at the Curtis Cup. And what's really funny is that the first one was your former teammate in 96, Jane Booth. And my partner. And your partner, Jane Booth. Mm -hmm. So there's all these really neat correlations that come to pass. So um, Rachel gets to be on, on the Curtis Cup team in 21. And. Her captain is another one of your teammates, Sarah Ingram. So this is while it's an incredible experience for Rachel, you have to be just on. I mean, if Cloud Nine had a had a Cloud Ten, that's where you're at. This had to be just an incredible experience for you. I mean, anything. I mean, how do you top this? Uh, I got.
2: I will tell you, Ben. Of all my golfing experience, I told this to my husband. I think being at that Curtis Cup, and and like you said, watching and not only that, Elaine, the captain for the GB and I team, played on the Curtis Cup against us oh when I, at gosh. the same time. So there, there was just it was just eerie. It was eerie. It was eerie to, to be there, and it was probably one of one of my most memorable golfing experience ever. And I didn't even have to hit a shot. Right,
0: that's the best. It,
2: it really was that special to me. And you know, it was hard because. They did not encourage the parents to go because of the COVID situation. I yeah. mean, there was no support for the parents. No, nobody was going. Nobody, nobody went. And I took, you know, I, my husband and I said, you know, we're going. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how we're going. I don't know how I'm getting there. If I have to go there two weeks early in quarantine, I don't know. But we're going. I'm not missing this because this would be the only opportunity to share a place. Curtis Cup, and it's. I mean, it is. It's just an experience that you, you you cannot explain it. What it what what it means to be part of that team, and being representing your country and the and the history of the Curse Cup and the GB. I mean, it's just it, words cannot explain it. So I was so pleased that I was able to be there to watch her play and watch the team, and be there for Sarah. You yeah. know, Sarah went there with no support. Sarah went there with no support. I mean, I mean, David couldn't even come. You know, so it was nice to be there. Um, just I felt part of the team. You know, I felt the cheerleading squad. There were only three of us, three, three cheerleaders That's out there, my incredible. husband. incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: So it was great. Now, did you find any? Now, I know there's the correlations we just mentioned, you know, with, with Rachel and with, you know, Sarah, but when you're looking at the girls' play, and okay, I'm sure, you know, the, well, we know the uniforms fit a little bit differently. So we know, we know the fashion. We, so there's, we got that out of the way. The fashion has improved uh, for, since 96,
0: 98. Golf clubs have improved.
1: Golf. Okay. So did you see any correlations of like, man, I remember that. They look like they're having so much fun. That reminds me of my team. I mean, did it just kind of feel just like you're in a time capsule? You know,
2: the, the game, I gotta tell you, I was a nervous. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm a nervous wreck to begin with because I put myself in in the shot. Okay, okay. I put myself hitting the shot and what it would feel like to hit the shot. And I gotta tell you, Rachel a couple of times was in spots I'm thinking, Oh my God. I'd I, I, I wouldn't want to hit the shot and you know, she executed beautifully. So I I just I put myself like I'm the one, you know what i feel what I, when she when they call her name to the first tee and you can hear pin drop i i relive that moment of what it feels like mm-hmm. you know and i just i mean I'm, my palms are sweaty my heart's racing and i just and of course i'm glad i'm not the one hitting the shot i'm not right. she's the one hitting the shot um but yeah you kind of you, you you relive it you relive it and you re, and you see the, the the teams and the the partners and the high fives and you know, I remember doing that with, with, with Kelly Booth. I was Kelly Booth's partner twice for in, in Minnesota, and I was uh, Marla Jemstek, who was my best friend at the time, partners in, in Ireland. So I remember what it feels like to walk down the fairway, talking, talking with your partner and, and talking about the game and talking about the hole and talking about the match. So, yeah, it was, it was great. It was one of my best, best golfing memories.
1: Well, they, uh, th- there's a quick turnaround to the next uh, Curtis Cup because of COVID. They had to postpone 2020 to actually be playing 21. So they're going to play again this year to get back on, you know, the back on track uh, time-wise. Okay. So it, we're going to be back at Marion in June, a yeah. lot easier travel. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I know that, uh, you know, I know that Rachel's going to be trying to make that team as well. And then, Also, I couldn't help but notice that the 2022 U.S. Women's Open, which Prometica has stepped in, is going to be presenting sponsored. That's back at Pine Needles. Yes. And I think, if I remember correctly, isn't that where you played in a U.S. Open when you were pregnant with Rachel? So I'm sure Rachel's going to be trying to get into that one, but. Um, obviously, but I, I got to know, I know you're playing golf again. Cause I know you played. <laughs> and I know you played in a recent USGA championship, but we're uh, just not going to put the name of that one. On no, there, no, wanna, no. I don't want to say that word to you. No, no we, we're, not, we're not there we're yet. We're not doing that no. yet. We're not that close. I mean, we're getting no. there, but I'm not. Okay. So are you. <laughs> Are you gonna try and qualify for the U.S. Women's? Oh gosh, Open?
0: no! Oh
2: come no, on! No, no, uh, no, no, not no! What? I'll be caddying for her for the qualifier. How's that?
1: All right, okay. That's
2: as close it's... as I come to caddy job. Okay. She allows me to qualify at the at the qualifiers.
1: But she caddied for you in this U.S. She did. And how? She did. Okay, now, how did that go? Were there any? I mean, did she say? Did she say? You know, Mom, that's okay. I mean, she's not doing that to you. She's is she driving a a, a, a tight <laughs> ship there? Now I will
2: tell you, she was so encouraging. It was great to have her. It really was. But it it gave her a total different perspective. For the first time, she goes, oh, Mom, I get it. I get it. Because (laughs) I want to hit the shot for you, and I can't. Uh I'm like, yeah, and you would have hit a lot better than me. Well,
1: you know, who knows, maybe. Um,
2: Yeah, it was fun. Wow.
1: Now, I know you're obviously rooting for her to make the team, but Marion – Um, you know, because what's better? I mean, playing in a Curtis Cup or a Walker Cup uh, on foreign soil is is incredible, but to be on home soil must be another level. Uh, She picked up the clincher at Conway, just like you picked up the clincher in '98. I really don't have a question, but this just adds. I mean, this really just adds to it. I mean, this seemed like it was the absolute storybook. Is this? I mean, this needs to be made into a movie, kind of a situation. (laughs)
2: You to get royalty out of this, yes. You know, it was it was um Eric and I were looking at him thinking, Oh my gosh, she might make she she might clinch the whole thing. Although, you know, to be honest with you, it really just the fact that you make the clinch, I mean it it's a lot of points, a lot of people to put in there ahead of time. It's just pure coincidence.
1: Of course it is, yeah.
2: It, it's it just is. pure luck and coincidence. It's not like, you know but it was it was neat because I do remember mine and I, I went you know, you, you, you transport yourself to that Curtis Cup. you just relive and relive. And I remember I was leaking oil coming into that match. Really? I, I was like four up with four to play, uh-huh. and I lose, you know, I lose whatever, uh, 15 and 16, and I screw up 17, and I, I've got to make about a four-foot downhill left or right, and I did not want to play 18 because I played 18 awful the whole week. And so I remember going, I've got to make this because I don't want to play another hole.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I had, I had no idea also that that was going to be the point that won it, and neither did Rachel. You know, you're just into your match. You're so into your match sure. that you don't know how the match is stand. She kept asking me, "Is everybody doing?" I said, "We're doing great. We're doing great." But you know, we didn't know what had happened. Then when she, when, when her team jumped out, then she, you, you see, there's a picture of her. The expression yeah. of when she actually realizes what has happened. It was just, it was pretty special. Yeah. It was pretty special. And I'm glad I was there.
1: Yeah, I I really have enjoyed talking to you, and also just thinking about the 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 teammates that you've had on these team your teams. I mean, Ellen Port and Martha Lang was your, I believe, your captain, and Carol yep. Simple Thompson. I yeah, those are, those are three ladies that I need to uh, have oh. on this podcast. Yes, yes.
2: They're, they're, I mean, and Carol just the, you know to realize that Carol, I think thirteen Curtis couple. I mean, it's just. Carol is just, it's a legend. I mean, she's a legend. And for me to be, to play my my golf, my golf years with her, you know, alongside of her mm-hmm. is, and same thing with on board, mm-hmm. you know, and to have Martha as your captain, and, and, I, and I had um, Barbara McIntyre was my other captain. Mm-hmm. Barbara McIntyre uh, was in a playoff as an amateur to win the U.S. Open. So, um, you know, these are just ladies that, that, you know, maybe my contemporaries are kind of along those lines, but they're just historical figures in, in amateur
1: golf. How did, before we close out, uh, and, and I, I think this is something I kind of skipped over and I wanted to make sure I asked, you know, women's mid-am is probably, I would say, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong or let me know if you agree, probably one of the most challenging, um, I guess, segments of amateur golf to find the deep deep fields. I mean, you've mentioned some really strong players, but as far yeah. as the the depth it's just not there cuz again, you're you're balancing being a mother and, and and career and there's a lot of moving parts. When you were, I mean, how did you balance it? Cuz I mean, you still were kind of finding your way in life. How, you know, do you have any advice for for women in their in their, you know, late 20s early 30s, whatever you want to call it, you know, late 30s, you know, how do you, how do you balance Family, career, and trying to play at a high level. Do you remember any kind of ways that you did it?
2: Well, I got to tell you, I was fortunate because I was, you know, at the time I was working and I could work from home. Okay. So I didn't have a, had a you know, nine to five job where I could just practice on the weekends and, and hard, hard to take off. So that was, I was fortunate with that. And then I was a stay at home mom when I had my kids. Okay. Um, so almost, you know, in the mid am, you have really good mid ams that come right out of college. Right. I'm going to give you a name. Write, me, write this down.
1: Writing it down now.
2: Write this down. Emilia Emiliaccio. Oh. That's all I'm going to say. You know, you'll have players like like, that, like Emilia, you know, who, who come out of college and, you know, are just top-level golfers, strong golfers who, who you know, if Emilia turns 25 and goes to play the mid-am, and she's going to be pretty darn hard to beat.
1: Look out, yeah.
2: right. For a long time to come. For a long time to come. I mean, I'm excited. I'm so excited for her. I'm, I'm excited for her career and what, what lies ahead of her. So, you have players like that that come, you know, young players out of college, and then you kind of have that, that parenthesis in life where you're doing family or, you know, career, and it's a hard time. And, and through those years, you know, all you kind of is kind of keep moving. Just do the yeah. best you can and kind of keep moving. And then the time comes again towards the end. I'm I'm still at that parenthesis. My parenthesis was very long. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, the time will come, you know, for senior golf and and towards the end of it. There's that
1: word we're trying to avoid. Yes, word.
2: word. It's not shank. You know, so you have, um, there's just different stages and for different people people will be different times. You know, some people might not have had children but have a serious, serious career. Some people might have children. You know, and be able. to, I mean, Martha Leach has been able to to play throughout very well throughout uh, the, the mid end. You know, so it's just you have to do the best you can. But but the but you have to understand that you will never be what you were back in those young college. Yeah. Where you had just just you know endless hours to practice and do things, it, and that's the hard part is telling yourself that 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 you have to your expectations have to change
1: yeah very well see. yeah that makes sense very well said yeah you just have to like look i'm i'm you know i'm I'm not as good as i used to be but uh you know i i'm going to do my very best with, with what time i have to put into it
2: yeah yeah yep the time the time is the main issue yeah well. the time
1: well, you've been very generous with your time and oh, thanks, um I I I want to close out, you know, you you opened you opened a door for for earlier in the episode where you said, you know, the the keen kids are very sarcastic and they like to talk trash and and uh you know, you said if they ever bring home a a boyfriend or a girlfriend, they're they're going to be need to be able to handle this. And I was like, "Oh, I need to ask about cuz because Rachel's, uh, you know, Rachel's boyfriend is also playing golf at Wake Forest. Uh, Alex Fitzpatrick, he's been on the podcast as well. I've bumped into him several times, and you know, I I thought I was doing a good deed and and doing a doing him a favor. You know, at the U.S. Women's Amateur at at Westchester, he was there watching Rachel. Rachel obviously goes on to to become medalist, and I see him in the gallery and. And I'm like, let's do a quick interview. And this was posted on Instagram. I know you saw it. And I said, hey, you know, Rachel's doing great. And she's, you know, moving her way towards being a medalist. Who's better, you or Rachel? And I'm thinking, there's no way he's going to screw this up. He sees the (laughs) camera in front of him. All you got to do is just take the L on this one because, boy, what a great. Nope. He says, no, I'm better. And I'm just like. Dude, I'm trying to help you out here with just everyone watching, and you just you, you, you shanked that one out of bounds. Now, you have actually played golf with him, and, and Alex is fantastic, two-time walker, cupper, and just one of the top-ranked amateurs in the world. And I think if I remember correctly, you have actually played golf with him at at Biltmore Forest in, in Asheville. This is over, I think, Thanksgiving, is that correct?
2: Yeah. How dare he? He comes over here. To shoot the course. For, I mean, I come here. I invite him. As a, you know, he's dating my daughter. Come, let me show you off to some of my members. Let's just play a little golf. Sure. And the, little, the little squirt comes over here and shoot, ties the course record, 61. Uh-huh. I'm like, you're, you're not going to be invited again. That does not go well when you go to a course, home course with somebody like that and you shoot and you tie the course record. So he, he, he's great. He actually fits in very well because we kind of put him to a, a pretty good test at Thanksgiving when he came. And Rachel was, I have to bring him to see if he passes at my house, Mom, or not. That's
1: incredible. Well, and, of course, I mean, this makes perfect sense. I mean, if, if, <laughs> if he can't hang, then there's you're, there, there's no use to you. <laughs> That's
2: right. That's right. If he does not hang me, Rachel, done, dump him, bring the next one over. But they they they, <laughs> they have a very, very same sarcastic, competitive relationship, uh, and he's great. He's a great, great kid, and they... They bring out, the with their little sarcasm and their little pokes at each other, they bring out the best in each other.
1: I, I see <laughs> it online because obviously with, with everything's on social, social now, I'm, I'm, right, I'm following. But, but yeah, I it's great. Like, I love the post that she made, how they, I guess they hiked up a hill and, and <laughs> made it to the top. And guess who was complaining the whole time? And then what's even better is... Matthew Fitzpatrick is chiming in like, yeah, no shocker there. He's the one that, I mean, it's so great. It's hysterical. And, and I guess the putting and the chipping contest between those two get just vicious. It's it's fantastic. Vicious.
2: vicious. But you know what she did? I want to say this off record, by the way. Oh, I have to, did,
1: I, I have to does, edit this out?
2: Yeah, she does admit, you know, he's made me a better, better chipper, but he's still better than me. I'm like, oh. But I would never tell him that, Mom.
1: Of course, of course. It's
2: so funny. It is so funny. Yeah, they they uh, they practice. I mean, they practice hard, and I think you know she's helped him just in his in his practice focus and practice time, and he's helped her in the short game a lot and chipping. And and, uh, and you know they they uh, they have a good time. Need to they get the need to get the JC
1: need to get the JC Penny Classic up and running because that'd be a formidable group.
2: Oh well, that'd be fun. That would be fun, but um, yeah, they they give each other a hard time. They're they're they might be worse than we are at this house. Oh, my,
1: that's saying mm-hmm.
0: a
2: lot, isn't it? Well, you can tell by what who who is better, I, I, him or her. I, there
1: you go. Me. There you go. Yeah. So, greatly appreciate the time. Sounds like uh, sounds like a fun household for those kids to grow up <laughs> in, and uh, um, you know, you're gonna have a a great 2022, obviously with with you playing your, your golf and, and following Rachel and, and, and all the kids. And um, hope to hope to see you back at Marion uh, for the next Curtis cup. And uh, I appreciate you stopping by the back of the range. This was a lot of fun.
2: Thank you, Ben. That would be all, all the above would be wonderful. Thank you. It's been so much fun. I've, I've enjoyed all your podcasts.
1: And there you have it. Special thanks to Brenda Corey Keen for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm here at the Southwestern Invitational all week long, so shoot me an email with any questions or comments. Ben at thebackoftherange.com. And we'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.